Welcome back to the Florida Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Heading to the top of the American League East, we are six away from being completely through all the team profiles and projections and predictions and everything else in between baseball. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about the Blue Jays and the Yankees, man. Two teams that should be, you know, fighting for the AL East. This is one of the best divisions of baseball, if not the best division of baseball. Steph, how are you doing? I'm definitely excited. I think the, the Blue Jays and the Yankees both did a lot this offseason and both greatly improved their their rosters. It's just a matter of keeping everyone out on the field. I completely agree. The Toronto Blue Jays last year and kick it off there. 92 and 70. Uh Vladimir Drucker Jr. said it was going to be the sequel. Uh that was not a sequel. That was like a like Alvin and the Chipmunks too. It wasn't that great. Uh, the first one was better. It was more exciting, at least. Uh, Vladdy mm-hmm. Jr. had a big regression. Big still being, like, really good, but, like, just not MVP caliber. Uh, Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi were borderline unpitchable, uh, and those were two big pieces for them. And they never really fired on all cylinders. I think that's an accurate, like, I guess, summary of their season. They were still a solid team. 92 wins is nothing to sleep on, but it's just nothing worked perfectly. Yeah, and this was kind of a team in the preseason I was expecting to be, you know, a 100-win team. You know, this was the like an all-star team assembled. You know, you got guys that you thought were going to perform at an elite level, and they really didn't. I mean, even Bo Bichette before that month of September wasn't really looking like Bo Bichette either. So a lot of things went wrong for this team, and I think that's something we could talk about today, and I think next year will be something to look forward to. I mean, I definitely think top to bottom, they kind of fizzled out very, very early on. Flatty wasn't himself. Like Tom said, Bo Bichette wasn't himself. George Springer was uh, – how much did he play? He played a lot last season, right? He wasn't, I think he played like he 150 played. games. Yeah, so that was kind of like his his most healthy season he's had in a little while. Um, but you did have you did have some positive notes like the emergence of Alejandro Kirk really kind of stepping out onto the scene and, and being that kind of A-list catcher. Um, and I definitely think – I definitely think this this team is primed and ready to go for this this upcoming season. So, um, Stas, what happened that offseason? All right, so they lost guys by the names of Jackie Bradley Jr. He has the Royals. Ross Stripling, he adds over the Giants. They end up trading Teoscar Hernandez to the Mariners in exchange for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. And then they traded Lord, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno to Arizona for Dalton Varsho. Um... In addition to those acquisitions, they got Kevin Kiermaier on a one-year deal, Chris Bassett to a three-year deal. Uh, they bought out Bo Bichette's arbitration with a three-year, $36 million contract, uh, signed Chad Green to a two-year deal, and then signed Brandon Belt to a one-year deal. So I definitely think they added they added in depth, um, but they did lose a big bat in Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, that it's a pretty big bat, but I think it was a sacrifice that they could – they traded a, a little bit of offense for some outfield defense, and that's definitely something the Blue Jays needed to do. Um, I feel like Ross Stripling, that loss actually hurts a little bit more than people are going to recognize. He was kind of their most like reliable middle of the rotation pitcher last year. Obviously, they had Manoa and Gossman who led the ship, but Ross Stripling was effectively their three starter last year. Yeah, I mean, they went out and got another three-starter in Chris Bassett, who I think will fill the shoes pretty pretty well. He's not like a superstar guy, but he's a guy that will come at you with, you know, all of his pitches because he has so many of them. And he'll, he'll be a guy that fills the shoes. And I think I think I am looking forward to a breakout from the four and five starters being Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. I honestly think we underrate Chris Bassett. Like, obviously, he's not a an ace by any stretch of the imagination but he just has the ability to go through lineups two or three times on any given night um he's got so many offerings as tom mentioned and he's been consistently good since 2019 like they signed him for three years 63 million it's a good contract and it really just it reassures a three-game series it's not manoa gossman stripling barrios kikuchi it's manoa gossman bassett yeah, and that, that 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 three-headed monster is is definitely a lot more to be scared of. I think last season this is more of a, you know, offensive team, you know, ever like the offensive no pitching, but now it seems like they've went out in the offseason and you know getting Eric Swanson some more pitching, you know, to kind of change the identity of this team from being an all all hitting team to now more of a complete team. Yeah, I definitely think the depth was their main main point. They went out, they got some defense for the outfield, they went out, they got some pitching depth and that's really all they needed to do and they kind of nailed the offseason in my opinion 
I would have liked to see them get another starter, if I'm going to be honest. I don't really trust Jose Barrios or Yusei Kikuchi. Kikuchi's always been like, oh my God, when's, he in that? when's it all going to click? But it hasn't yet. And it might do it this year, but you can't just hope it does. You have to, there has to be an insurance policy there. Yeah, I mean, you said Kikuchi has been having a very good spring training. That's not to say that, you know, he's had a huge sample size, but in 13 innings pitched, he's been pretty effective, 1.38 ERA in 13 innings pitched. I mean, that's that's something like, uh, it's, a, it's a couple of different outings that he, we're working with here. Not not a sample size that I'm, you know, confident to say he's going to have this breakout year, but if you can get one of the two guys to, you know, have a slight bounce back, because Jose Brios, while Brad does not like him, um, I think he has some potential. Um, he needs to work on, I think, is, the, is it the fastball that gets hit every time? It's everything at this point, but yes. Yeah. I mean, he really, there, there's a lot that needs to be done, but if he can revert back to that, that twins form and be, you know, a guy that, you know, doesn't give up so many hits and so many home runs. I mean, he, I think he led the league in hits given up last year. He's just lost all effectiveness. If he can, if he can revert back to that twins form, that's what a starting pitcher four should look like. Yeah. Um. So we kind of have touched on everyone in the rotation, but there's the the one guy that's injured, he and Jin Ryu. Um, he's going to be out for a large portion of the season. He said he's targeting a July return. Um, hopefully they come back. Um, do you think his addition to this rotation boosts it at all, or do you guys think it's just kind of he's not going to really be that effective when he comes back? I think he's better than Kikuchi and Barrios last year, and that's an upgrade if they're the same. So if I think it's more dependent on Barrios and Kikuchi than Ryu himself, because we kind of know what we'll get from Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's kind of sad to see because you know Hyunjin Ryu was like, I'm not gonna say like crazy effective, but he was pretty effective. Um, you know, in years prior, and the minute he started falling off, you got the support in uh, Kevin Gossman and Alec Manoa having these these good seasons. It's it's what Brad mentioned before. All the all the cylinders are not firing at the same time. Um, I I feel like if you get a healthy Hyunjin Ryu that can pitch half a season, you might have a a confident uh, you know starting rotation. You know one through five, or maybe even a six man rotation. Because actually, maybe boot out one of the guys if they're not being effective. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, I mean Ryu's what thirty five at this point, so he's kind of coming towards the end of his career i would say so i definitely i don't know i think he's gonna be definitely a helpful piece when he does come back in july but i'm just worried about how effective he is going to be i think he'll be fine he's not a like a flamethrower so it's not like the velo is going to go anywhere he was already like in the bottom of the league in fastball velocity and it's just last year he was hurt and it made him ineffective so maybe that's also what was lingering in 2021 and he can resort to somewhat of what he was in 2019 and 20, but you never know. Um, and then you also forget that, you know, they have two aces in Gossman and Manoa. Um, Gossman was one of the unluckiest pitchers in all of baseball last year. He, I think he had a 363 uh, batting average on balls in play, which is pretty bad. Like that's obviously shows signs for improvement. And he just seems like a guy, A, there's going to be that improvement. B, no shift and he actually performed better without a shift so they're just going to get rid of that and that might help him so gossman rebound season yeah and i can definitely see that that happening especially with a guy like this i mean he led the league in fip i think last year maybe top top three it was it was surprising to see uh he was kind of a guy that had like the below the uh under the surface stats that kind of wowed you a little bit i thought it was a little bit of an underwhelming season from him on the surface but i think Obviously, he's still got the talent, so I think he could be that two guy. He's not going to be the number one guy anymore. I think Alec Mano is taking the spot. He's kind of, you know, showed that dominance last year and even the season before. Um, so I, I think the top of this rotation is is, is pretty set. Um, I definitely agree with that. Uh, let's head over to their bullpen, though. They got Jordan Romano, Eric Swanson, Yimmy Garcia, Anthony Bass, Tim Meza. Uh, Adam Simber, Trevor Richard, Mitch White, and then they have an injured Chad Green currently. It's okay. How are you feeling, Brad? It's okay. Um, it's I really don't like that the there's only one lefty. I that's the I like variety, and you have variety from the right side. Like the Adam Simber, you get the low slot righty. Jordan Romano, kind of a power pitcher on both sides. He's got decent stuff, but he's also a high exit velocity guy. 
Uh, Eric Swanson, we saw with the Mariners last year, is really effective. Yemi Garcia, crafty veteran, can be very good. Uh, obviously, they got Bass at the trade deadline last year for um, Jordan. What was the shortstop's name? They're short, Jordan Groshans. Um, yeah. And he was solid for them. He wasn't too healthy. And then Mitch White, honestly, kind of gets slept on as a possible starter. He was a starter swingman for the Dodgers. And I could see him being a big long relief guy for, let's say, Jose Barrios or you say Kikuchi isn't that effective. Mitch White comes in to clean up, you know, a time or two through the lineup. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I, 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 it's definitely not the worst bullpen we've seen in the world or it, throughout this. Um, it's definitely not the best either, though. They definitely have some arms that are going to come in uh, and give you different looks. I do agree. I wish there was more variety um, in lefties to righties, but I think Tim Mays is going to do a very good job as a lefty, um, and hopefully they will bring in somebody else um, to come in and help out that bullpen. Tom, what are you feeling on it? I mean, I think last year I, I I would have said the bullpen for the Blue Jays would probably be the one of the weaker spots in this in this entire team, but you know in the offseason they made, they addressed it and I think I think now you can say I mean you don't need the best bullpen because you're not a team like the Rays that's not going to slug for my much. This team can hit, so realistically you only need a couple guys to step up in this bullpen. You don't need this all star bullpen like teams that don't hit as well like the Rays need, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think they're going to do their job. And I think there's a couple of guys in this bullpen that are actually going to be stars. I think Eric Swanson is going to have a breakout as if he hasn't already, but I think he's going to take the next step as well. Yeah. I kind of worry for Jordan Romano as a closer. He seems like a guy kind of like Edwin Diaz through like the late 2010s where some seasons he was really effective and some seasons it just all went to crap just because of how hard he lets up contact. Uh, everything else, like the the ball itself, looks very good out of his hand. It's just a he's got the psycho look of a closer, and probably makes you as scared as any other closer as well. Yeah, I think I think he came off last season leading the league in saves. So I mean, that that saves is like wins for pitchers. It's not that important, but he still does have that stuff. I I'm I'm confident in this bullpen. I'm confident. And I I think once we get once we go ahead and later in the episode and talk about the projections, I think that will kind of reflect how confident I am in this bullpen. See, I, walks through. Oh yeah, go ahead, Red. I was gonna say I have a little bit more reservations just because, like, again, it's a lot of the same look. Um, there's a little bit of variety, but I again, I think just a lefty power arm like Ricky Tiedemann could be really helpful. Um, I just don't know if he's expected for this year. I mean. Yeah, I mean, definitely having like a guy that I, I I haven't seen a lefty throw that hard in a while, other than you know Chapman. Um, he he could be the guy to step up. I mean, even a guy that he you can you can definitely slot him in this bullpen somewhere. I mean, is he he's projected to be a starter, correct? As of now. Yeah, so I mean, you could have him as a long relief guy in his rookie year, and then you know promote him to a starter later on if he shows you know some signs of life mm-hmm. in in the pros. I mean, definitely if they are struggling in the bullpen department and they feel like he and he's performing at a high enough level in uh, double, triple A, somewhere in that range, I definitely could see them pulling him up this year. Um, but I think it, they might just not want to start his timer and they want to be a little more on the cautious side with him. See, I'm going to disagree with you there because the Blue Jays window is only about a year or two left before it starts going downhill. Um, yeah, they got to start signing people. Yeah, and if they're, you know, in contention, but there's a couple issues here and there, I don't think they're going to hesitate to pull up Ricky Tiedemann if he is the guy that they need him to be. Uh, he's never pitched above double-A, but then again, he's likely to start the season in triple-A. I mean, yeah, and he's got the stuff. He's got the major league stuff. I mean, I'm not saying you can just throw him up there, but he's going to – I think he's going to perform pretty well. I'm looking up his um his uh, preseason stats. Um. Is he has he been performing well in, in the preseason? I know I saw clips of him pitching. I'm not sure. I was um, just looking at last year's stuff, and he performed really well across all three levels that he played. Yeah, I mean the strikeout to innings pitch ratio is crazy. Um, that that's what you want a relief pitcher too. So I, I don't see why you don't give him the chance this season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up before the All Star break. Um, I would say about mid season would be the earliest we'd see him. I don't think he's gonna make it out of camp. And yeah, because he's been shut down for most of camp with a shoulder issue. Yeah. 
So that would yeah. that's probably going to be the thing that will hold him back from making coming up at all is going to be that injury. Agreed. Um, but let's wa- let's walk through this lineup now. So you got you got George Springer leading off in right field, Bill Bichette at short, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first, Alejandro Kirk behind the dish, Dalton Varshow on left, Matt Chapman at third, Brandon Belt at DH, Whit Merrifield at second, and Kevin Mir- Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. Your bench consists of Danny Jansen, Santiago Espino, uh, Kevin Biggio, and Nathan Lukes. It's top to bottom. It's a, it's a great lineup. I I don't think you can really argue about that. It brings you offense and it brings you defense it does it plays well on both sides of the ball yeah i i think the offensive aspect of this lineup is really good i really worry about bobachette's longevity at shortstop just because of how poor his defense is um and i wonder how much that's going to hurt this team obviously they just constructed a really really effective defensive outfield um that's going to help a pitcher like kevin gossman who last year had a bunch of blue fly balls land um Brandon Bell at DH is really interesting. I could see him and Danny Jansen slash Alejandro Kirk platooning. Um, and it also provides a bench option. Santiago Espinal had a solid beginning of the season last year and kind of tailed off. And then Biggio and Lukes just never really have had it click in the major league level. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that Danny Jansen point. I think Danny Jansen has definitely got a better hit tool than Brandon Belt at this point in his career. Um, I mean, I love Brandon Bell. He's a former giant, obviously, but he's he's never really on the field. He hasn't been on the field for a whole season in probably three years. I don't see him surviving a whole season, even at a low, uh, you know, strenuous position like the DH position. I still don't see him making it through a whole season. I could, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think Danny Jansen has earned a spot to be an everyday type of player. It just sucks that he has to split time with Alejandro Kirk. And I think if he can't play catcher, he deserves to play DH. Um, Brandon Bell is old, uh, but you did go out. You signed him for, what, $9 million? $9.3 million yeah. Yeah. over the next year. Um, so he's going to get playing time. It's just a matter of how much. And I definitely think platooning, putting, giving Alejandro Kirk days off, at behind the dish, having him DH, having Danny Jansen DH, having Brandon Belt DH, especially with how we don't really know how Alejandro Kirk's body type is going to hold up. Uh, Brandon Belt's body type is not holding up at his age, and Danny Jansen can do pretty much everything. So I definitely think it'd be smart of them to platoon those three guys. Yeah, and Kirk's a much better defensive catcher. Um, so maybe you look at him getting more closer to 100 games with Jansen getting the other 60. Um, yeah. And they also have – I think they have one more catching prospect, and obviously not Moreno, who's now a – Diamondback, but they think they have one other guy that they can just call on if they need it. Um, and also, there's always veteran catchers that you can sign if you need. Um, I like it. I like the offense. I think a lot of this ride or dies on the top three in that lineup, Bichette, Guerrero, and Springer. If they're healthy and good, the Blue Jays succeed. But if not, then there's a there's some reservations about this team. What was Vladdy's injury? He just went down with it. It was a no bleed. He's healthy. He's healthy. He's healthy again. Yeah, okay. he played yesterday. Okay. Um, still something to keep an eye on, though. Yeah. Um, and Bo Bichette, uh, again, like we, I think, when did we talk about it? it was in, it was in our shortstop list. Like he just kind of had a quiet season last year. Like a couple of us thought he was out for like a major part of the season, mm-hmm. and he really wasn't. He just was not really doing anything out of this world crazy, right? Yeah. He so I think. September. Yeah. So I definitely think those three are the most important. Um. Then you have your platoon guys and Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, and Brandon Belt. You need Matt Chapman to take a a step forward from his last season, I would say. Um, and then Dalton Varshow kind of needs to show out. You kind of know what you're going to get out of Whit Merrifield and Kevin Kiermaier at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of seeing them kind of do that again and staying out on the field. Yeah, I think Matt Chapman also is going to have the extra motivation of this is a walk here and not that strong of a free agent class. That's um, fair. I mean, obviously, he's still going to want to play good, even if it wasn't that. Um, but I could see them. I don't think he's the type of guy that they extend. I think they need to start focusing the money on Guerrero um, and probably Bichette. Like, they have Bichette saved through the end of his arbitration, but they might want to extend him past that. Um, Are you guys ready to get into projections, or you want to talk about Ricky Tiemann a little more? I mean, if you want to talk about him real quick, then 
Go ahead. I mean, I just I just like him. I mean, I like the fact that I, you don't see power lefties that often in, in the pros. I mean, the last one we really saw was Garrett Crochet come up out of the minors, um, and he went down with an injury and hasn't really pitched in a, a couple of years. So I'm hoping this guy, you know, can survive within the pros and, you know, not get injured right away. Um, and I, I think he might be an important piece to this 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 Blue Jays roster, especially if, if they try and make a postseason run. Um, you know, a guy in the postseason – can come out of nowhere. I mean, it can be a guy that, that sucks in the regular season or it can be a guy that doesn't play in the regular season. So he could be an important piece later on in the season. I mean, we already talked about his tools. He's got everything you need. Mm-hmm. Stavis, lead us off. Okay, I'll kick it off. I have them going the exact same record that they had last year at uh, 92 and 70. Um, they did make a lot of improvements, um, but I don't know if it's going to come to fruition for them this year. Um I, I do expect Vladdy to take that step kind of back into MVP, like top three conversation, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. Um, their pitching, again, has been improved, but not really anything crazy. Uh, MVP, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Cy Young, Alec Manoa. Uh, most important, I also have is Vladdy Jr. Um, and then my breakout, I have Dalton Varsho. I think he's going to have a very, very good season for the Blue Jays, and I think he's going to kind of help put them back onto the right path and kind of maybe even lead them um, through a good postseason run. Um, I mean, I'm definitely a little more high on them. Um, says, um, actually, never mind. I'll let, I'll, 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 at the end of the episode, I'll know who you have winning the AL East. But for me, I had the Blue Jays winning the AL East, and this is probably more of a hot take. I had them going 95 and 67. You know, there was – a lot of speculation, you know, saying that the Blue Jays were going to be like the best team in the AL last year after the incredible offseason they had. Um, it didn't work out that well. But the reason it didn't work out that well is because nearly everything went wrong. I mean, you had down seasons from nearly everyone on the roster. I mean, it, I mean, other than George Springer, who had a really good season, and Alejandro Kirk, who had a breakout year. You had a down season from Matt Chapman, probably. I would consider that a down season from him. Down season from Vladdy. Down season from Bo Bichette. Very down season from Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. This is a team that, that you know, everything – I'm not saying everything went wrong, but a lot went wrong for this team. And they still managed to finish 92-70. and 70. And considering what they did in the offseason, they addressed the bullpen. They addressed, you know, the fielding in the outfield. The BABIP, the BABIP should go down. The, uh, you know, uh, bullpen ERA should go down. This should be a team that improves on, 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 on every cylinder. And I think that the offense will still be there. It's always has been. You know, they were, like, top three in offense last year. And they, they – they solved all the problems. I think this is a team that goes 95 and 67. They are going to win the AL East. I said this last year and they let me down. I don't, this is the last time I'm going to pick them to win the AL East. Um, as for the MVP, I had Vladdy. Um, obviously, I think he's going to have the breakout again. He has everything, you know, going his way. Uh, Fangraphs projections, Zips projections. Everything says that he's going to have this breakout again. Um, most important, I actually had Jordan Romano. You know, a guy that you turn to almost every day. Is, is pretty important, especially, you know, a guy that, that you don't really know if he's going to be the same uh, season after season. Cy Young, I had Kevin Gossman. I think once that BABIP gets fixed and, I mean, when you're the top fifth in the league, you shouldn't have an ERA, like 3.6. So I think Kevin Gossman's going to win that Cy Young for the team. And then the breakout, I had Ricky Tiedemann because I think he will get called up midway through the season and have a elite second half. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Stevs on their record at 92 and 70. Because I think that there's a couple things that did go right. A lot actually did go right for them last year, but there were some major things that didn't go right. Um, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is kind of like an average between his 2021 and 2022. I think he has the ceiling of 2021, but I don't think he's constantly that player. Um, I think their most valuable addition, not most valuable player, the most valuable addition this offseason was Chris Bassett. Uh, I think his value is incredibly underrated because he can pitch to contact and he can strike people out. He's got the pitches to do whatever he wants. With that, though, I think their Young is Kevin Gossman. Um, I trust the BABIP, and he's got a really high strikeout rate, is among the best in the league. And for that reason, I also don't trust Alec Manoa as much as he was a guy who heavily relied on the shift. Uh, I think he had left-hand hitters shifted 65% of the time last season. And... Obviously, that's now gone. Bobachet's not a great defensive shortstop. Whit Merrifield is iffy at second base. Sometimes he's very effective, sometimes not. So I think he's relying a lot on his infield defense. 
and that's not a complete recipe for success, obviously, fielding independent pitching. Um, their MVP, I do have Bobachet, though. I could see a little bit of a defensive rebound, but it's just like the violence of the swing and the hot streak we saw him go on, I think he can do that for an entire season. Um, I think he's seen enough pitching. I think he's been around the league long enough that as long as he's able to stay back on a couple off-speed pitches here and there, he'll be able to do his normal damage on fastballs and off-speed pitches. On that note, I have Matt Chapman as the breakout. It's more of a re-breakout because Matt Chapman's a really good baseball player. I think the biggest thing that's going to bounce back is his glove, which was not a uh, platinum glove level, which is where it had been. I think for three straight years, he won the platinum glove in the American League, which is really freaking impressive. Um, I really like Matt Chapman. Well, yeah, last year he had one out above average where the previous season he had 17. Uh, that's a bit of a drop off. If you ask me last year, he was among the highest in the league in hard hit rate. He had a very good expected Woba, which just points to the fact that he's a better player than he has been showing. He just needs to not launch the ball as much and he'll be fine. I don't disagree with really any of those. Um, I mean, obviously, I agree with the record. That was that was my record too. Um, but I like I I like Bobichet. I've always been a Bobichet type of guy. But um, it's just the defense. The defense worries me. Um, and I think it's a it's a valid worry. And I think it, for Cy Young, as long as you went with one of Alec Manoa or Kevin Gosman, I think you're it was a pretty safe bet. Allow me to ask one question for Brad. Okay, so if you're expecting a Matt Chapman uh, bounce back, you know, a Bo Bichette type of bounce back as well defensively, and, you know, like he's showing that he could be that MVP at all times, and also that Vladdy will be a version between 2022 and 2021, so still better than 2022, and they added Chris Bassett, who you think will be very important, how do you have them going at the exact same record and not slightly better? I don't like the bullpen that much, in all honesty. Um, I don't think – I think Springer's – I you can't trust him to be healthy on any given day. Uh, Kiermaier and Varsho are Varsho was somehow a very good bat last year, although signs pointed him to not being that good of a bat. I think Kiermaier, Merrifield, and Varsho are going to be a pull down anchor, not like a good anchor, but a bad anchor at the end of that lineup. Um, and then Barrios and Kikuchi, I'm out on them. That's fair. All right. Stavs, any, any thoughts? On the volatility. Nah, uh, I think we're good. Do you want to head over to the New York Yankees, though? No. The vol- volatility, Stavs. Stavs, the volatility. Oh, volatility. Important. You make a fair point. Uh, volatility. That's a good point. I would say, I mean, honestly, I would say like 98 wins would be their ceiling. Yeah. If if everything fires on the right cylinder, I would say it's around there. I, I think I think they could be one of the best in baseball if everything if everything goes right for them. They they could be. The, I think they're a high floor, high ceiling team. I think I would put their volatility at low, but I don't know if I'd I would put them above 100 wins because the thing is, them going to a very high record requires the Yankees, Rays, and Orioles to all not be that good, as well as their other American League competition, which, again, the Central is not good. But that requires the Angels and Rangers not doing much, the Mariners not being as good, and them doing fairly decent against the Astros. That's why I think I think 98... 98 is like is the max I could put the ceiling because I cannot put them I couldn't put them over 100. I got them at 100. Um, I see it happening, but I I think they're a high floor team as well. I think their floor is only about 88, 89 games. I think they're going to go out and win. I I, I don't know. I think their floor is pretty high because you know we saw a lot go wrong last year and their floor was still 92 wins. I mean they somehow, you know, came out and still played good baseball and still made a playoff push and then choked in the playoffs. But still, they they that 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 was a pretty you know floor type of season. You got down seasons from a lot of players. Um, you also got up seasons from a lot of players. So it kind of balances out. But I think I think eighty eight is reasonable. Stez, what do you think? I mean, I think I think eighty eight to eighty. I mean, I'd say eighty six to eighty eight would be around their floor. Um, and then I'm still sticking with my ninety eight ceiling. I can't I can't put them at a hundred Tom. I mean, I feel like two wins are pretty in in. Just not that important. Like, yeah, you, I agree, but it, but it is when you're talking about a ceiling. I I think it is. I don't see that much of a difference between a 98 and a 100 to win team. <laughs> there is, there is a big difference. So All with right. that, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back to chop it up about the New York Yankees. 
We're back from the break, and we're going to chop it up about the New York Yankees. This team was so, so good at the beginning of last year. Do you remember they were on pace for like 116 wins? And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do it because Judge was great. The Yankees were doing good. Uh, they ended up going 99 and 63. They had a pretty actually abysmal second half. I think they played a 500 ball for like two months straight. Uh, it's just they got carried by the weight of the beginning of their season. Obviously, Aaron Judge broke the home, home run record. That's pretty important. Um, Nestor Cortez was solid. They were the best offensive team in baseball, which was interesting. You don't really think that of the New York Yankees. Um, but outside of Aaron Judge, the offense wasn't that good. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. Can you, would you consider the first half of the 2022 season to be a Cinderella run? Or would you consider the second half to be a bad run for the Yankees? Bad run, but they're, they weren't as good as the first half. But the second half is bad. Yeah, I would say that team was somewhere in the middle. Like, they were not the first half of the, the season, and they were not the second half of the season. But So they, they ended up probably being – still probably being a couple clicks higher than they should have been last year. But I think overall it was – you got – it kind of balanced out at the end of the day. I agree with yeah. that. I mean, I just – I don't know about this team. This is probably one that I have the most – some of the most questions about because, I mean, th they rely so heavily on Judge. And not only that, but they're also very streaky. So I don't know how the record is going to unfold next year. So that's something I definitely struggle with in my predictions. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about that. But, you know, yeah. Stavs, walk – yeah, Brad, go ahead. No, I was just saying I'm still struggling with that right now. Yeah. I am as well. Uh, I, I for me, I think it's going to be the the young guys coming up that are going to be the real X factors for this team. Um, but let's go over their off season. So they lost Andrew Benintendi. He heads over to the White Sox. Matt Carpenter heads over to the Padres. Miguel Castro heads over to the Diamondbacks. Aroldis Chapman heads over to the Royals. Chad Green goes to the Blue Jays, and Jamison Tyone has the Cubs. What they got in, though, was Aaron Judge for nine years, $360 million, and Anthony Rizzo for two years, $34 million. Those were their re-signings. Then they got Carlos Rodon to a six-year, $162 million deal, not a giant anymore, and signed Tommy Canley to a two-year, $11 million deal. Um, so they really didn't do a lot, but they addressed the necessities that they did have, which was starting pitching and pitching in general. Did they, though? Uh, well, they, they did. They, they... Okay, their offense is literally the exact same as last year. I mean, it won't yeah. be though. It won't but be. But it won't it won't we'll be talk about because they do have the about. young guys. Yeah, but I'm saying like they didn't actually go out and add any offensive pieces. Well, what offensive piece did you want them to add? Maybe I mean, not Josh Donaldson at third base. Yeah. Maybe not Andrew H or Aaron Hicks in left field. It was the what? They were going to go get like Justin Turner. Why or not? Who, who were they going to go out and get? Trade someone. There, there's Brendan Drury. Could one of you know, the Brendan Drury, um, you know Brian Reynolds, guys that would kind of fit into this lineup. I mean, this is a team that has now this this minor league talent that they could actually you know use to trade for stars, or they could you know give them the chance to come up. But that's a different story. That's not what the Yankees do. They yeah. go out and buy people. So if they're going to stick to that identity of you know going out and buying out. They now have the pieces to do it. So, I mean, they were one of the people in the Juan Soto um, sweepstakes because they had so many, you know, like pieces to trade. Mm. Um, I mean, you do have young guys coming up like Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe. Maybe shift one of them over to the third. I don't know how they play at third, but just an idea I'm throwing out there. So there are there are avenues they have with these young guys that are coming up, and they have a very they have two very very good shortstops. At three technically, if you want to add in Isaiah kind of for Leffa. but you have you have three really good shortstops and only one shortstop position. So there is avenues to try and slide one of them the second, slide one of them the third, stuff like that. But Stubbs, they'd be taking over your top ten second baseman, Glaber Torres. Glaber um, Torres yeah. is a top ten second baseman, but he does not deserve to be in the Yankees lineup. Um, um no, but I was also going to say I think we. Ben Attendi didn't play great for the Yankees last year. He was hurt when he was with them, but it was actually a fairly decent loss. Like a healthy Andrew Ben Attendi is like 110 OPS plus. Like it's nothing like huge, but it's still like a. We're, we're going to talk about it with the White Sox in a couple episodes. Like he's a very quality bat. He's nothing extremely good, but he's quality. He hits for average, and some balls are just going to go out because it's New York. 
I feel like I feel like the the offseason losses almost I'm not gonna say they outweigh the the in because Aaron Judge is worth everything, but they they did lose some pretty important pieces. I mean, Matt Carpenter was one of the best, you know, platoon bats in the league. Jamison Talion, Chad Green were both very effective. And Andrew Penitentiary, like you mentioned, was pretty consistent day in and day out. You know, he was pretty like I don't know. I don't know if this team is better or worse than last year. I can't I agree. I can't say like addition by subtraction. That's kind of, I would say that's kind of what they ended up doing. I wouldn't say it's like the best addition, but you did go out and get two or I guess three top of the line players because you did retain Judge, Guy Rodon, you have Anthony Rizzo, Tommy Canley, but you lose out on more depth pieces, kind of like Andrew Benintendi, Matt Carpenter, uh Roldis Chapman, even though he was not very, very good last year. Jameson Tyro and Chad Green and, and Miguel Castro. So you're losing out on depth, but you're adding star power, which is kind of what you guys were talking about them going and doing, but they just kind of did it in kind of a roundabout way, I would say. But the thing is, they're putting out the same team. Like, they're putting out the same stars as last year, which wasn't the issue. Judge and Rizzo weren't the issues last year. It was the people behind them in the lineup that were the issue. And yeah. obviously, Rodon's a huge ad, but right now he's hurt. And we don't know how much of a forum issue it's going to be. Is it going to be just a month or is it going to be an entire season? Because because those two stories are very, very different than the New York Yankees right now. Yeah, I mean, I remember looking at this this rotation and, you know, rivaling it up against the Mets for the best rotation in baseball. But now, yeah, yeah, Clark Schmidt at the fifth. You know, it's, you know, Frankie Montas, the, that trade is aging horribly. I mean, I, he's been terrible for the, for well, the Yankees. He's hurt the whole time. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. The trade has not aged well. I mean, the, the A's, I don't know if they got like a crazy player back, but Frankie Montas has not done much for the Yankees at all in his time in New York. Yeah, I think the A's got J.P. Sears and Ken Waldachuk. Um, and But the Yankees also got Lou Trevino in that trade, who's also injured. Um, right now, the rotation for the Yankees is Garrett Cole at the helm. Nestor Cortez is the two. Luis Severino is a three. That's a solid one, two, three still. Yeah, like if you add Rodon to that, it's a it's why we talked about it being one of the best rotations in baseball because feasibly Cole and Rodon could finish one and two in Cy Young voting. Like it's not yeah. it's not a far stretch thought to believe that. Uh, their four right now is Domingo Herman, who has been iffy, and Clark Schmidt is the number five, who's looked solid through spring training. In all honesty, but then again, it's spring training and it's never really clicked on the major league level. I mean, the story of the starting rotation is going to be Carlos Rodon and Frankie Montes, no matter what happens uh, with the rest of them, because, I mean, those are two very, very important pieces that they are now missing. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Cole. Nestor Cortez was sensational last year. Luis Severino has been dealing with injuries throughout most of his career, but when he's on the field, he's very, very good. Domingo Roman, again, shaky, and like Brad said, Clark Schmidt's been, been performing at a high enough level, but Carlos Rodon was a phenomenal pitcher last year he was he was a top 10 pitcher in baseball right and Frankie Montes I mean he's young and they kind of were expecting him to kind of take a step this year and now he's not going to get that opportunity so you're you're losing out on two very very important pieces and it's 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 going to be very detrimental to them yeah I I I like the rotation it's decent but it's not good I know it's good. It's not great. Sorry. It's good, but not yeah. great what it was supposed to be. And if you have a good, but not great rotation, I think it's a very good bullpen. It's names we don't know, but they're good. The Yankees are good at making good bullpen arms. And then what's the lineup? It's like, there's a high, this is a very high volatility team in my eyes. Yeah. I think there's a lot that could go wrong, especially considering, I mean, how many players on this roster are already injured. I mean, Let's count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven players on this roster are already injured. That's that's kind of a problem. I mean, you know, that's what's I mean, it's spring training. Like, it's very early for the for this many guys to be injured. So, I mean, it's definitely something to be a little concerned about. But I I do like this rotation and bullpen. I mean, the the Yankees have been like the Bronx Bombers this whole time, but now I think their their strengths are on the pitching side of the ball and the defense. Yeah, which is just completely opposite of what they usually do but it it might work for them i don't know yeah and um, then says what's the bullpen so you got you got clay holmes jonathan luizaga uh michael king wandy peralta ron Mar marianaccio 
Uh, Greg Weiser, Matt Crook, and Albert Abreu. They have Scott Efros, Lou Trevino, and Tommy Canley all injured. Like Tom said, that's 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 a lot. That's three bullpen pieces and five starters. We haven't even gotten to the lineup, or that's five total pitchers overall. So two starters, three relief pitchers. We haven't even gotten to the lineup yet. Yeah. So that's very very bad, especially since opening day is in what like twelve uh, 10 days? days. Ten yeah. twelve days. Yeah. Not so, ideal. Not at all. And then, like, obviously, they've made Clay Holmes very good. Um, he's solid. Michael King was really, really good last year until he got hurt. Johnny Lasagna is pretty good. It's just Wani Peralta, also solid. Like, these are good bullpen arms. It's just – and there's even reinforcements. But Efros is out for the whole season. He got TJ. Tommy Canley, he was with the Dodgers last year, and he was hurt almost the entire season. I think he only threw 11 innings. He was good in those innings, but – and when that's – are you that's your second biggest acquisition not re-signing of the offseason um like you can't have him be out for half the season i mean there is there is depth in this bullpen i i, I might have to go against you on this but the, yeah the, those are pretty big names that are out i mean scott efros was supposed to be pretty good for the, the yankees i mean that was a big trade last year mm-hmm. lou trevino and tommy canley are both guys that have shown in the past that they are they can be that guy um but I mean, there's depth in this bullpen. I think I think there's guys that could fill in, like you mentioned, the guys the names we don't really know yet, or that are, we're unfamiliar with. They yeah. they're good at developing, and I think that they're going to capitalize here. I think this is. I don't think this is their weak spot for sure. Agreed. This might be their no, strongest spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we can all agree that their strongest spot would have been their rotation if Frodon and Montes didn't haven't gone did not go down. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the bullpen, I think I think you kind of I think there's gonna be a consistent bullpen. It's gonna they're gonna go out and they're gonna get their job down done, and I mean, and then we then we got to get to the lineup. So they got they got Glaber Torres at second, Aaron Judge at center field, uh, Anthony. Uh, I don't think Judge will be center field. Judge will he be. He is right now because Bader's injured. Oh, that's fair. Um, Anthony Rizzo at first, John Carlos Stanton at DH, Oswaldo Cabrera in right field. Josh Donaldson at third, Aaron Hicks in left, Jose Trevino uh, behind the dish, and Oswald Peraza at shortstop, like Brad mentioned, Harrison Bader and Ben Rortvit uh, are are both injured. Um, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think I think the Yankees are really gonna ride on the on the young guys, um, whether Volpe comes up or not, at what time, um, what when during the season he does come up, I think he he's gonna be a very big piece. Oswald Peraza is a very big piece, and Oswaldo Cabrera is a extremely big piece. I agree, and I don't think you've mentioned the bench yet, but one of the big names we didn't even get to talk about was DJ LeMahieu, who's on the bench right now. Um, I think DJ LeMahieu is going to be a big role player on this team. I think he could take the third base spot from Josh Donaldson if Stanton's going to get hurt. So there's playing time right there. You can send Rizzo to... DH, put LeMahieu at first, Judge gets some days off, anything, any combination like that. Cabrera, Peraz is not playing well. Insert DJ LeMahieu. I mean, DJ LeMahieu has been, you know, like a very pivotal player for this team for like four or five years now. And he's been good every year. It's just last year was, you know, not what we expected. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was dealing with some injuries, but I, I don't know if he deserves a spot on the bench and not, you know, over Josh Donaldson. I think he probably deserves that spot over Josh Donaldson. Um, but you know, right now we're, we're going into the season with this. I, I see it possible that DJ Mayhew takes Josh Donaldson's spots. I see Josh, Josh Donaldson being a bench guy later on in the season. The thing is his defense is actually very, very good. Yeah. Which is surprising, but, uh, Josh Donaldson's third base defense is pretty solid. It's just not third base is in the most defensive oriented position. Like you can be a little bit worse of a defender and still be successful at third base. Um, I like Oswaldo Cabrera a lot. He was really good last year. I think he put up he put up a ton of outs above average in like three different positions in a very low amount of time. Um, yeah, him and Judge in the in right field center field is a really good combo. I think the Bader injury uh, he put up two outs above average. Never mind, but it was in 120 attempts at one two three at six different positions. So that's pretty solid. Um, I think. The Harrison Bader injury is already really bad. Like, he was one of their biggest acquisitions last year. That's who they traded Jordan Montgomery for, you know, a pitch that would have been really nice to have right about now. Um, 
and he's hurt. And that puts Aaron Judge, your guy guy, the face of your franchise, in center field, which is a high volatility, high risk position. Yeah, I definitely would have liked Harrison Bader, you know, in this lineup. I, I think I, I mean he thrived last year in the postseason. He was one of the best hitters in the postseason, if not the best. Um he seems to like being on the Yankees. I mean, he's a Yankees fan. Um, doesn't really fold under pressure like a lot of guys do. And I, I think he would have he would have thrived very well in this lineup and been a, a very important offensive piece, which is, you know, strange for me to say because he's never been an offensive piece. He's been a defensive guy. But I really think he he has an offensive breakout ahead of him. He just has to be healthy. Now, that's been the story of his career. He's been injured a lot. I don't know if down the line you want to put him in a less, you know, high-risk position, but mm. he's just so good in center that you have to put him there. I think I almost would have had him as my breakout had he not gotten hurt. That I would have had him as my breakout as well. Um, it, it, all the signs are pointing towards it too. I mean, he's got all the time. He can stretch doubles and triples. You know, he can, you know, do infield hits too. He's got the tools, and he would have boosted this lineup for sure. Um, how long is the injury timetable? So, so he has a it's a left oblique strain. Um, his list of injuries include a hamstring strain, forearm tightness, a broken rib, plantar fasciitis, and now a uh, left oblique strain. Um, he is not projected to be there for opening day. Um, as far as the timetable is concerned, they did not have one when I was on the for the article I was reading. He got injured about a week ago. Yeah, about a week ago, March 10th. That's not good. No, not at all. Uh, oblique strains are really dangerous. Um, and then we've mentioned their, you know, their big prospects, the ones they've been waiting for. I don't think we can overemphasize. I think I mentioned this on an episode a while ago. Maybe it was like free agency or something like that. The Yankees have missed out on five off seasons of really good shortstops because of their kids that are going to come up. They've chosen to not go out and get an elite shortstop because they have these two shortstops coming up that are supposed to be their next Jeter. They've got Anthony Volpe and Oswaldo and Oswald Peraza. They have to succeed. It, there's no, I don't think there's pressure, more pressure on any other player in baseball to succeed than these two kids right here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and with that weight on them, Anthony Volpe still been balling out, balling out in the minors. I mean, I don't know about Oswald Peraza. I haven't been watching him as closely just because I think the hype is all on Anthony Volpe right now. Um, Aaron Boone's definitely got a decision to make. I mean, a lot of a lot of angry Yankees fans are, you know, you know, pushing Aaron Boone to start him on opening day because Anthony Volpe has been, you know, fighting for that that spot this whole time and he's had a great spring training so far. I think he deserves a spot on this lineup. What do you think? I mean, why not both of them? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I, I think well, where would you put Volpe if, if I mean you're gonna Prozzi have to slide one to second or one to third. Because I mean Glaber, obviously they both I mean obviously they both can't play shortstop, but I mean Glaber doesn't have to play third. Glaber can play left bench. I don't know, man. I mean Stev Stev's saying that he's a top ten second baseman is crazy, but Glaber's was had a he bit is. of a bounce back last year. He was actually, you know, a guy that deserves to be a starter on a lineup, I think. I'm just double checking. Yeah, I mean, he was a good hitter. I think maybe he's maybe he's more of a DH guy this season. I mean, that 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 is that a potential, you know, for a I mean, DH guy? If Stanton's he's not never healthy, played. That's very possible. He's never played third base before. I mean, in his entire in the at the major league level, he's played short and second, and he's been about so. Volpe's whole whole evaluation was that he looks like he's going to become more of a second baseman. This is like with Peraza at shortstop, just because of like yeah. his frame, his fielding, his arm. Yeah. Um, Volpe, like, obviously, he's got more of hype because he's projected to be better than Peraza. He's got, like, Juan Soto's swing. Like, I put an emphasis that he's not Juan Soto, though. Uh, it's just, like, the same swing from the right side. Um, he's well-rounded, and he's capable of getting under any ball. So, like, he can launch low pitches. He can, If it's high, he can launch it, anything like that, which is pretty impressive, in all honesty. Um, and then Peraza, on the other hand, he's, like, plus run, plus glove, and average power. Um He's really good at actually defending the upper two-thirds of the strike zone, which is, like, as you've known, it's, like, it's grown to be a hot spot for fastballs nowadays. Uh, but he's just he's supposed to be an exciting defensive shortstop and an average bat. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that, that makes sense why the hype is around Volpe and not Peraza. But I think having a valuable glove at shortstop is pretty important. I think he'll still be, a you know, a plus bat. I mean, not, not a plus bat, but at least a league average bat. 
Um, there's says if you want to make a comment before I go off on someone, says go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that turntable uh or roundabout they've had at shortstop since Jeter went away is is crazy, and I think I think in my opinion I think Peraz is the answer. I think putting him there, you he doesn't he need you need defense at shortstop. That's like one of the most important defensive positions, and in my opinion, and I think Peraz is going to fill that well. Um, he probably will be a better defender than. I think most Yankee shortstops, um, especially like he, he second or third, however they want to decide to do that. And then there's the final guy I want to talk about. He's probably not ready for the pros, but he really wants to be in the pros. Uh, probably the most hype prospect in this system. It's Jason Dominguez. He has his own nickname. I mean, he's called the Martian out there. He's been having arguably the best spring training out of any Yankee in the roster. Um, and then what does Aaron Boone do? He sends him down to the minors, um, back to minor league camp. And I know I think that's a good idea for the start of the season, but he didn't let him finish spring training at the pro level. He was hitting 455 in nine games. He had four home runs. He he's elite, man. I mean, he's only 20 years old, but he's been one of the most hyped prospects since he was, you know, taken out of, uh, the DR in, I think like three or four years ago, he was 16 when he, when he got picked up by the Yankees. Brad, what, what do you think, man? I think this is a guy that that might – I mean, because Aaron Hicks is your left fielder right now. If he continues, if he starts at triple-A and tears up there or even double-A, I he's think got, it's time to give him a double chance. A. He's going to yeah. start in double. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you're upset that he got sent away from camp, but the goal of yes. the end of spring training is to get your major league players the reps. Like, the last no. week or so is to get the major league players the reps required to get ready for the season. And – I don't think that's something to get upset about. I think that he's he's going to be like a solid player. Like we've seen uh, Futures game. He was good. He was okay in the minors last year. I mean, high A ball is like difficult to grade someone on in all honesty. I guess the thing you can really look at is that he had a 12% walk rate and an 18% strikeout rate. It's just showing signs of like, hey, you know, there's a walk tool here. Um, But it's really difficult to judge someone that's, really young on their high a ball profile um i i mean i i like jason dominguez i really if if there was a deal for soto to head to the yankees he probably would have had to have been a part of the deal um and it's just a matter of 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 when i would say i i definitely don't think he's gonna come up this season tom uh no matter how much you want him to but i i think they're gonna be I'm not gonna say cautious, but they're gonna they're gonna kind of wait and see what they have in him. And I think when he does come up, probably maybe next season, hopefully next season, he's going to be very very good, uh, very very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you got you got two outfielders, and one is and they're both switch hitting outfielders, and one is bad and one is very good and young, and I think it's too early to say, but I really want to see. Jason Dominguez take Aaron Hicks spot, especially like from a Yankees fan standpoint, Aiden Franklin. Um, I would, I would want to see, I would want to see the young guys come up or, or at least, you know, give him, I don't know. I don't, I, I think Aaron Hicks is probably the weakest bat in this lineup. And I, I think if there's a spot that's screaming to me that to, you know, replace, it's definitely the left field spot. And I think that's somewhere where Jason Dominguez would want to take over. Well, so I was what was it? I was watching the Nats Yankees broadcast and I think Stanton said he wants to play in right field. Like he wants to play in right field cuz he feels he hits better when he's playing out in the field as well. Which is what he said. Um so I I, I definitely think once once Bader comes back, you could maybe see him go in the outfield or something like that or I I cuz I think I don't know. I think it's I think they're going to be playing a lot of there's going to be testing a lot of things, I feel. And I think I think that's kind of what you have to do with this lineup. You have to test things, see what your best lineup is. Because as it's constructed, looking at it right here, I don't know if this is the best lineup that the Yankees could make from the players they have. That's fair. Are right, you guys ready to hop on over to the predictions? Yeah, let's let, let's let Tom kick it off. No! Okay. Yep. All right, so let's go down. So I had the Yankees finishing 92 and 70. Um, I I don't know. This team is very confusing to me. I, I, I mean, you guys 
I don't know where you guys have the record. I they could be lower, they could be higher. This is a very volatile team. Um, MVP Aaron Judge, most important player Aaron Judge. It, it it's all Aaron Judge. This is the Aaron Judge team. I mean, they're the New York Aaron Judges. They're they're so reliant on him. You saw what happened when he wasn't in the lineup, or when you know the team without him. They're not good. Um, as for their Cy Young, I have Garrett Cole is going to pitch 200 innings probably. You know, being that top five Cy Young conversation. And their breakout, I had Anthony Volpe because I think he will get the call to the majors on opening day. Um, for me, I had them at 95 and 67. Uh, basically, Tom and I just flipped their records, the Blue Jays and the Yankees record. MVP, obviously, is going to be Aaron Judge. For Cy Young, I have, assuming he's healthy, Carlos Rodon. Um, breakout, I have Oswald Peraza. I think he is going to be the Yankees shortstop, and I think he's going to do a very, very good job at shortstop. Most important, I also have is Carlos Rodon because, again, you went out, you just signed him for a crap ton of money. You also just signed Judge for a crap ton of money, but you, but Judge is your captain, so he's kind of going to – you know what you're going to get out of him. Rodon, with this injury, you need him in a already depleted starting rotation at this point of the season. You need him to come back, and you need him to be healthy. So I- – this whole episode, I've been like trying to convince myself to like lower their record, but I it's not worse than 95 and 67 in my eyes. Like, that's what I have them at. I think Stevs and I literally just swapped with Tom, like from Blue Jays to Yankees. It's MVP judge, right? Even if he regresses to his 2021 form, which was still elite, like he's still a very, very good player. And Rizzo is still going to be fine. Garrett Cole is very good. He's Cy Young. Um, he's he's going to finish top five, as Tom pointed out. Like, there's there's solid pieces to this team that are going to be there, whether the surrounding parts are good or not. With that said, though, I put their most important as Carlos Rodon or Aaron Judge, depending on what you guys said. But you guys said to take both of them. Um, so uh, I'll go with I'll go with Aaron Judge because it's true. If he is elite, like historic again than that it helps the Yankees a ton um I think we kind of forget that this is pretty much the exact same rotation without Rodon that they rolled out last year and it was pretty successful um the rotation wasn't at any point a bad part of their team it was the offense that struggled and even without Rodon it's still a solid rotation as I said it's just not great um and then for their breakout I put Oswaldo Cabrera super utility man can hit pretty hard and just just a good baseball player. And I think he'll, he's going to prove that to New York, and he's going to win over the hearts of some New York Yankees fans, which is a really difficult task. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the only reason I don't have them higher is because I truly believe that that beginning of the season was a fluke and that everything was perfect. Like, that was a 2021 Giants type of run up until All-Star break because they were very good. And I think the second half of the season was more like what you're going to get from the Yankees. I think that that is the Yankees team that we are going to see, you know, going about a little over like, like, I think that the second half Yankees are the Yankees. That is who they are and not the first half Yankees. I think you guys are, you know, somewhere more in the middle, but I think that the, I, I think it makes more sense to me. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just expecting the young guys to come up and perform at a high level. That's really what I'm expecting. Um, I think Rodon will come back, and he'll be very good when he does come back. Um, for a ceiling, as far as we want to say, what what do we feel is the ceiling? Because I would say like ninety eight, maybe probably about last season. Hundred one. Hundred one. This guy. It's, it's it's Judge doing the same thing, and Garrett Cole winning a Cy Young award is basically yeah. what it is. Fair. Um. And as far as I do, I think this is a high volatility rating because if Judge goes down with an injury, if Cole goes down with an injury already, if Cole goes down, he goes down with an injury. Yeah, it's over. I feel feel like we're all just thinking that Cole's going to throw 200 innings like it's guaranteed, but there's a chance he goes down with an injury. That would be honestly, it's borderline guaranteed. Yeah, 84, 85. Yeah, I think their floor is 84. I'd say, I would say around there too. I'd say 84. Um, if the Yankees fail on all cylinders, are they worse than the Baltimore Orioles at the Orioles' best? Yes. 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 Yeah, they are. Because because the Orioles are playing I, that's like assuming they did last Judge season. goes down, uh, Rodon stays down, and Cole goes down, and nobody else performs at a high level, and your rookies aren't 
being good, then yeah, you're you're now, that's just that that's the worst case scenario for the New York Yankees. With that information, let's compare the Baltimore Orioles second half stats to the Yankees second half stats. Aren't the and Orioles the best team in the East? That's what I'm saying. I I think that that that's that's the scenario that happened. I think the, oh, the but do Yankees, you think do you think the Orioles are that team? And you so you're saying the second half Orioles and the second half Yankees are what their true colors are. I'm more saying that the second half Yankees still had MVP Aaron Judge and they still had very good Garrett Cole and they still managed to finish just above 500 in the second half. So. It wasn't that everything went wrong. It was just that they weren't playing good, and I think that's what they're more like to do next year. It's not like it's not like an injury. They also really had injuries. Stop them. Who? They did have some injuries. What? Carpenter went down with an injury. Stanton was dealing with something. Judge was out. Wasn't Judge out for like a little bit? No, no. Judge played the entire. Right. Judge's second half is what made it so historic. Yeah. So you 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 it's not, it's not someone like, else was down with an injury. So could you imagine that second half without MVP Judge? That would have been more of like a you know below five hundred team. So I I I truly believe that their their true colors are more around where I put them. But then again, they could go on another run. They're a very streaky team, so it's hard to it's really hard to gauge. It's also the Yankees is the thing. Yeah, that's true. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of our team season previews everything all those verbs adjectives we're going to come out later this week with four three more episodes uh one of those will actually be a world baseball classic recap be sure to tune into that one the next episode we'll have out for you is a royals and tigers preview followed by twins and white Sox. uh if you want to find our card subject to change predictions because i feel like we're all going to have to revise these at some point you can follow all of our social medias which will be in the description below we will see you all next time on the 4a baseball podcast peace Still